It's that time of the week again when we declare the show must go on. It's your weekly fix of sport and comedy that none of us are getting much of lately. I'm joined by a comedian and an athlete who should have been gracing our screens this summer. Here's who's on today's show. You're listening to The Show Must Go On on Union Jack Radio. Today, guest announced by me, Prince Harry. Well, just Harry now, I guess. Today, Lindsay is joined by sprinter Asha Phillip and comedian Patrick Monaghan. Asher is a 10-time British champion over 60 and 100 metres and won a bronze medal in the sprint relay in Rio. I like running. I especially like running away from all of my family and moving to LA. Patrick Monaghan first came to fame when he won ITV's Show Me The Funny contest. He's also a regular at the Edinburgh Fringe. I told Megan a joke once, but she didn't like it, and she need me in the crown jewels, so I don't do them anymore. It still hurts, actually. That's why I sound so hoarse all the time. Anyway, let's get on with the show. The show must go on on Union Jack Radio. Yes, Asha and Patrick have had the royal seal of approval, even if it's not as royal as it once was. So time to welcome them onto the show. We start with our comedian, Patrick Monaghan, who I've done the calculations, Patrick. I met you at the Edinburgh Festival at the Fringe about 12, 13 years ago. And Patrick, I can't say the same for me, but you've not changed a bit. Oh, good to see you again, Lindsay. Oh, good to hear you again, Lindsay. Do you know what? It was, um, yeah, I can remember that, 13 years ago. Do you know what? I have been been up in Edinburgh now for about 120 years doing it and I think it's because I've got a picture of Dorian Gray in my attic and uh, and also it's a good a good lifestyle that I lead of um, of sleeping 27 hours a day. How have you been coping during lockdown? More sleeping? Yeah, do you know what? It's, it is weird because uh, you hear all these people saying things like, you know, it's, it's resetting the planet, it resets ourselves. But I think everyone, we should all do lockdown for about three days every lifetime and that's enough. I think this has gone on way too long now. I've been in lockdown now for seven years because I have um, I predicted this was going to happen and I think now <laughs> it's time. I think now it's time for us all just to get back out there. But it is, yeah, it is bonkers. It's bonkers, isn't it? I'm sure that our guest is going to agree. Our sports star today was getting ready to compete at the Tokyo Olympics before being forced to train at home. But is there a treadmill with a fast enough setting, Asher? I don't think there is. Uh, unfortunately not. And plus, I don't really like running on treadmills. <laughs> don't you? Um, I mean, it would need to go at some speed to keep up with you, wouldn't it? Well, even so, you have to keep it constant. And you know when you're tired and you want to relax, you can't do it on a treadmill. It's like you try and get off and then fall off. So I try and avoid them at all costs. <laughs> so how have you been adapting your training methods? Um, I've got an indoor bike. And um, some weights I use indoors. I haven't been able to slam a thing on the floors, but, you know, I do of what I can, basically. Uh, we know that Patrick likes sport, Asher. That's why yeah. he's on the show. It's a prerequisite. But do you like comedy? I love comedy. My house is basically the clown house because we're always <laughs> <laughs> laughing or doing something stupid to entertain people. And you've got a lot of people to entertain because you're isolating with whom? Um, my nieces and nephew. My sister, my brother, his girlfriend, and my mum. We all decided to join forces and spend time together. You've definitely got enough for a relay team there. 
Definitely. But I don't know if I would have on my team. Some of them, you know, my nephew definitely and my niece, but the older ones I'm not so sure about. They're not really fast as us. That is good. You know, with the treadmill, did you, Asha, did you buy a proper one? Uh, no, this is a, I got a Watt bike and I was able to ah. borrow it from the training facilities that I train at. I asked them really kindly and they said, yeah, I could borrow that. But then when I'm trying to train, they always want to get mm. involved. I'm like, guys, I'm doing something different here. Well, look, this is this is something you could do. Lindsay, I don't know if you've done this as well. I didn't get a chance to order a treadmill, but what I've done was I looked online and you can make your own at home. Have you seen that where you get fairy liquid, squirt it on the floor, <laughs> hold the kitchen sink and just run like mad? And it's probably one of the best ones. We can't say that to one of our promising Olympians for Tokyo <laughs> next year. Yeah, but it'll honestly, it saves you. It'll save you like gym membership. It'll save you thousands on proper treadmills, everything. It's great. But you will break your jaw. I have seen those videos. Have you seen those doing the rounds? Yeah, I have. I don't know if um, one of the boys actually tried it, but I don't know if I would personally try it. I just feel like I'm the one that's going to hurt themselves. Yeah. I just yeah. yeah, my hands up. I'm that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what the whole video is about. I think it's brilliant. Well, this show is all about us getting to know more about you both away from your relevant stages. It's clear that you've got an interest in each other's skill base anyway. To do that, I've asked Asha to select four songs that she's going to share with us throughout the show. Ones that get her motivated when she's competing and we'll find out why they're so important to her. Was that easy to do for you, Asha? No, because I listen to a variety and then when you obviously hear the songs that I choose, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be like, really, I should listen to this. It's like, yeah, there's different reasons for them. But it was hard to narrow them down. I think you do have some expectations of a sprinter. I don't know why. I had some songs in mind that you might go for. Um, and as we're all suffering as well from elements of boredom during lockdown, I've asked you both to recommend a film or a box set for people to watch. All of these you can find on the show page over on unionjack.co.uk. Plus, we've also got coming up round two of the Home Decathlon Challenge, where both Asha and Patrick compete against each other for points on the overall leaderboard. And we'll have more on that later on. So Asha, I can understand how you carry on training on your speed and explosive strength but when it comes to the relay I know you've got all these family members but what do you do when the other girls aren't there well I just have to practice with the wall to be honest <laughs> or imagine them being there or you know, I might just get photos of them and line them up and act like I'm passing to them Patrick you hold a Guinness world record for the longest hug which is 25 hours and 25 minutes. You had a bit of help with this. I know that you like a hug, but I have so many questions about that. But has lockdown presented any new opportunities to get in the record books for you? Well, this is the thing. I mean, you'll speak to Asher and all these great Olympians who, who you know, they're killing themselves doing all this training. And my records are all about hugging, spooning, sleeping. I mean, it is, it's one of them things that people think, oh, God, it sounds dead lazy, but it's, it's not. I mean, when we did the hugging one, it, you know, when you hug someone, people think, oh, God, yeah, it's dead easy. But when you hold someone for 25 hours, there's things like you need to go for a wee, you need to try and eat, you need to, and while you're still holding someone, it can get very messy. But at the moment, I'm just... Um, I think I am holding the record for, do you know, sleep. I thought I would be sleeping more, but I'm actually, I'm actually quite good. I'm actually quite getting up early. Everything that you describe is quite static. <laughs> you seem to be very good from a stationary position. But I am wondering whether there's something you share in common because sprinters, Asha, don't you sleep a lot as well? Um, I try to, but I'm always an early riser, so I don't sleep enough. So I've seen other athletes that will sleep for the whole day, the lights are off, eye masks on, and like, are they going to get up for breakfast and lunch? That no, but I can't go without food, so that's why I probably wake up. Can you not snack in bed? Have you tried doing that? I normally what I'll do is I put <laughs> snacks underneath the bed and in the bedside table. 
But then the, the nice snacks, I'd have to bring up a carrot or some cucumbers. Oh, Truly, I want a bag of crisps and some sweets and chocolate. That's yeah. like, I can't have that, like, especially that late. I need to like contain myself. And that is one of the hardest things, especially even worse than this quarantine, because I'm in bed thinking, oh, I could do this snack, I could do this snack. Mm. And I just know if I go downstairs, it's not going to be good. So I just force myself to go to sleep on a, on a hungry stomach. Well, how do you not eat chocolate, though? You know, when you get that midnight feast thing. Well, I gave up chocolate and sweets for Lent, so that oh, helped me this well, these last couple of mm-hmm. weeks, especially I would went to training in America before I got sent, well, was it summoned home for the COVID? Obviously, Lent was before and I stopped eating. And I thought it wasn't so bad. Obviously, the first 10 days are the worst, but then you got yeah. used to it. And then when I was able to break it, it took me a while to like, oh, do I actually even want chocolate? But I don't even like the taste of chocolate. It's sweets. That are the yeah, killer. Do you mean the ones that kids and grown-ups love it so? The happy world. Yeah, I, I absolutely am on board with that. I can snack with those. What was your reaction like, Asha, when you were, as you just said, summoned back? Uh, <laughs> what did you feel like at that point in time? Because some people were taking all the warning signs very seriously. Other countries, maybe ours included, not so much. Yeah, well, America, where I was, it wasn't so bad. Shops were slowly starting to close, but all the restaurants were open where you can get takeaways from. And obviously, I love sugar, I love butter and all the type of grease that they have in America. So I was living like happy days. And then I was like, oh, actually, you need to come home, you need to come home. I'm like, do I really? Like, the sun's out, it's nice over here. I still had a place to train, so it wasn't much of a bother. It was just the fact that, obviously, if anything had happened, I'm not with my close-knit family and basically I wasn't sure if I'd be safe or not so that was the only reasons why I felt like my family were like Asha you need to come home my agent was like you need to come home I'm like it's okay guys I'm fine I'm fine but they couldn't see what where I was and how I was living out there so that was the only problem. Have you both been getting on okay with the virtual world doing all these zoom calls and conferences video conferences mm. Patrick I know that yeah. there's a virtual Edinburgh Fringe yeah. show that you can do are you doing that? Yeah I have literally I've had to adapt where you're doing everything online uh, obviously mine's a situation slightly different to Asha's where my family and everyone was saying no no please leave don't come back and that's lovely that Asha was getting them getting her to come back home. But for me, it was like, you know, because my job is literally, we would tour everywhere. We'd go around the world. I was meant to be going the following week, just before lockdown, I was meant to be going to Dubai to do shows and then then obviously all around the UK doing, a, doing my tour. So the first week or so, like most people, it was like, well, this isn't going to work. You know, when people were saying you could just do it online and we need an audience. Like now we're chatting, me and you, Linz and Asher, we can have a chat. But with comedy, you know, you want 500 people, we, got, we want to hear the reaction of 100 people, 200 people, you've got to hear them back. And I was chatting to um, a, a comic, a TV comic, this guy before, he was, saying, he was going, no, no, um, you, you can't do comedy online because it's like a canoeist trying to canoe in the bath. And I went, no, no, it's not. It's like, I said, when you first, and I started doing it, I've started doing live shows every Saturday on my Facebook Live. And actually, it's, it's great fun because the audience, you can't hear them, but they'll send pictures in of them laughing on the sofa or they'll they'll write emojis or they'll write messages and comments so you've got that coming in live on the stream and I suppose it's it's one of them things where you know we're at a time now where it's like this is what what it was probably like in the 60s 70s or 80s when 
people were all so used to having a, a landline in the house and then suddenly someone was going, look, we're going to get rid of that and you're going to have a mobile phone and you could talk outside the house. And people were like, don't be daft. Why would I want to have a conversation out there? And I think this is, this is what comedy's become. Like, oh, every, every sort of entertainment has become like where it's now we don't, you don't leave the house to go and watch it. You can sit in your front room and the performers are in their front room performing to you. And have you had to move online with some of your training sessions, Asher, in terms of meetings with your coach? Are you keeping in touch with some of the girls that you won bronze with in Rio, like Dina, Daryl and Desiree and all things like that? Um, well, that's just all social media, to be honest. So that's how we probably stay in contact. For my coach, um, he calls me, which is, I find, not say weird, but he calls me like twice a week. <laughs> and we have our little debrief and I'll tell him how things are going and stuff. And I, if I can if I bring a stand because I, I train on grass sometimes and if anything I just record stuff and we also have a, this app for my SNC coach where he's able to film himself put it on the app and I'm able to see the exercises because he'll put down these funny words and I'm like I don't know what this means so I need like a visual um, action so that's how it makes it easier for me to keep going. The time has come to get your first track Asher in the show we have asked you to select four songs that motivate you when you're working out during training maybe something that you play before you compete and um, we'd like to know what your first choice is please. Um, okay I picked Stormzy Bossy Bop because it was more just the beat I like and sometimes it's all about the rhythm when you're trying to warm up and it was very much of like a really good hard song and I prefer like when it comes to like a British rapper artist, I prefer them more to Americans just because I can relate more to them just because it's British and I know they're talking about British things. So that's why I picked Stormzy Tossy Bob. Brilliant. We'll have more with Asha and Patrick after this on Union Jack. Lab. My brothers don't die, we just rusty bop. I tell you, I got to link me at the coffee shop. Getting freaky in the sheets, we're taking body shots. Then I finish with a fish, we just to top it off. Hey, my brothers don't die, we just rusty bop. I tell you, I got to link me at the coffee shop. Getting freaky in the sheets, we're taking body shots. Then I finish with a fish, we just to top it off. Hey, you ain't got a clue, let's be honest. I had a couple seasons made of forest. I put in the work and take the profit. This is The Show Must Go On with me, Lindsay Hooper, and this week I'm joined by comedian Patrick Monaghan and Team GB sprinter Asher Phillip. And we've just heard Asher's first song choice of this show. And it was Stormzy, ever so popular Stormzy at the moment. And you're you're a London girl as well. So is there that connection too? Yeah, it's just... He's just, I don't know, he just entertains the world. His lyrics his lyrics are really good. And it does make me feel like, okay, I love a bit of home, especially if you're racing abroad. You need something to connect you for like, the reasons why you're running. So you're running for your country, you're running for your people. So that feels great. Brilliant. And we've got three more of your songs to come. Plus, we pick comedians against athletes in our Home Decathlon Challenge. You can have a go at home as well and try and take them on too. You can tweet us with your own attempts at Union Jack Radio on Twitter. We'll have more of that later. Um, now, you used to compete in trampoline. You were very, very good at this as well, Asher. And did you end up having to make a choice? Yes, I was going to make a choice, but the choice kind of made it itself, to be honest, because it got to a point where I was butting heads with both sports and then it got to a point where one of them had to give because I was doing so well at both of them and then I went to the world championships for the senior world championships for trampolining and then obviously I had a really terrible accident and yep that was the decision made not going back there so (laughs) that injury was it around three years it sort of hampered you for I would say about three to four 
to get back. So say if I was running like two years on after the injury, but I wasn't sprinting as fast as I used to. And every time I used to go as fast, I used to tear another hamstring, do this, do that. It was never a smooth transition. So it was, I was always going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. But it took about, yeah, three to four years. So I think I made my first senior team in 2011. When I look back at it now, I just feel like I wasn't educated enough. And I don't know how many people had been through that injury to talk to about. So now I could help someone through the injury. But I wouldn't, mm. at that time, I had no idea. So I had to learn so much on my own. And it took me a while to find my coach that I'm with now. He understands. And we've gone, and obviously my therapists, we've, my physiotherapists, we've kind of blended it well and figured out where I've been going wrong all these years. What that meant for you as well, because we've, we've just mentioned that you're a London girl, that meant that you missed the London 2012 games because you still had that hamstring injury in 2012. And you had to wait for your Olympic debut until Rio in 2016. So a lot of sacrifice, that must have been very hard to sit back and watch others get on with it. Yeah, it was really hard. I think I had a little small cry about it because... I'm from East London and I could, if I wanted to, I probably wouldn't because I'm lazy like that, but I could walk to the stadium. So that meant so much to me and to know that that got taken away from me and I wasn't able to fulfill one of my dreams to have a home Olympics because that would never happen again in my lifetime. But, do you know, it just kind of fueled me and I will never forget the trials for the 2016. I was like, yeah, I'm not leaving this place without getting the qualification and then to top it off going to my first olympics and then come back with the medal it was like okay maybe it wasn't worth it it is amazing how many super successful people you speak to though that have had some sort of obstacle to overcome in their career patrick for you before comedy what did you do oh my goodness i was doing all sorts i never i, I never stopped i was working as a teenager, I was working on the roads. I remember outside of where Middlesbrough Football Club, before they built the new stadium, I was uh, tarmacking on the road there, building that. I worked in the supermarkets. I worked in the factory at the Quorn. All of this before I was probably about 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. Because this is what it's like when you... Because my family when we were immigrants. When you're, when you're like this, you have, to, you have about six jobs before you can even speak. Because they're like, come on, get the money, get the money. You have to go and work and do all these... Uh, daft things but it was great really because I wouldn't change that because it was so good because it, it gave you so much life experience because when you come to do stand-up comedy it's great because you've got stuff to talk about you know because it's like you know when whenever we all go and see uh, great comedians or when you when I was growing up watching comedians they're always so much older because you see people like Robin Williams Richard Pryor you see people like you know Dave Chappelle or you see Billy Conley, you know, these people have lived a life. Whereas, you know, when you go on stage and you're like 20 years old and you start talking about life, the audience are like looking going, well, what does he know about life experience? What does he know? And it was quite funny because by the time I was about 21, 22, I'd done about 17 different jobs. So it was, um, so it was quite good. Yeah, that was a good training ground for you. But then, and then obviously comedy now, it's just, I've been doing it for, God, what, like 15, 20 years. And it's still, we're, we're very different to like athletes or anything else because with athletes I suppose you you sort of you train younger and you prime like this whereas with comedians we sort of get better as we get older and older you sort of lose that you have the armor but you lose the chink you know you can just talk about other things and, you, and you're not as as you get older everything's a bit more topics are on you know you can talk about anything now because people think well do you know what he's lived a life let him let him let him have his view let him say what he wants you know 
So that's very like true. That. And I mm. imagine actually, Asha, hitting on that point, when you're a sprinter, even more so that the, the career span's limited because to get to those speeds and be that fast, I mean, how fast you are over 60 metres is incredible. I mean, you are the fifth um, fastest British woman of all time at the moment, made the semi-finals of the 100 metres in Rio. But it's a, a hell of a lot to, for your body to take. It really is. That's probably why it took me so long to get back to where I was. But, you know, you train for these things, so you hope that your body could handle it. But with sport, you just never know. Injuries just come out of the blue sometimes. And I always just say the times when I run the fastest, it's like, yeah, my body just wasn't ready to go there yet. But it shows that I can get to those speeds. But like I said, you just have to you just have to really take time and train yourself. And I think it's more mental, a mental thing as well. You really have to believe you can run those times. We shouldn't play down Patrick's running ability either here, Asha, because he's done quite a bit of running too. Uh, you like yeah. a marathon and a, a great North run, don't you? Yeah, Lindsay, let me tell you this. And Asha, you won't believe this, but Lindsay, I have done three marathons. I've done two uh, London marathons. I've done one Edinburgh marathon. I've done five, I think, great North runs. And the only reason I do this, people always say to me, God, you do so much for charity. You do so much. It's not. I'm doing it because you get free jelly babies. This is what I'm like. If you stand on the road and you hold out a Mars bar, Twix or a Harry bar, I will run for it. I don't give a monkey's <laughs> what the cause is. You just stand on the street and you hand out sweets and I'm there. People always, you know, like this sprinting thing, they go, oh, that 100 metres, the shortest. They're the hardest things in the world because I'll start the first 10 metres and I'm just like, do you know what? I can't, they've already gone, just let them go. Whereas with the marathon, I was saying to my partner, she'd done like um, a half a marathon and when I was training with her and with friends, I said to them, look, it's actually, and they think I'm mental, but I say it's actually easier to do a full marathon than a half marathon because the full marathon... When the gun goes off, everyone's just chilling, we're walking along, we're chatting, we're having a little, you know, and then you, you're picking up your pace. Whereas a half marathon, everyone's like, oh no, I'm trying to prove something. And then and then after about 10 miles down the road, they're putting the pace, you're getting overtook by someone in a big rhino outfit. And you're like, what has gone wrong here? And you go, yeah, you burnt yourself up, mate, at the beginning. That's the one thing that Asha can say, she's not getting overtaken very often. <laughs> no way in hell would I be running <laughs> To even get me to run around the track and that's only 400 metres is hard work. I'm not doing it, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you would. You'd do it easy because the thing is, it's that, and I especially, I know what you're like as, as Olympians, you're competitive. So you'd be like, literally, you see someone up ahead and you go, right, I'm going to I'm gonna chase that person. I'm going to tail them. I did it in the Great North Run with bloody Mo Farah and I nearly died after the first, I think. <laughs> you I mean s- you had Mo Farah yeah, in your sights yeah. at one point? Honestly, I don't believe you. Lindsay, there was a picture and someone sent me it recently as well and I remember it ages ago. There's, <laughs> if you go on the, I think it's on the BBC website, they did the thing and um, so there's Mo Farah and everyone on this side and I'm on this other side. And there's a, uh, so there's obviously the professional runners on the left and the, the non-runners, like the jokers on the right. And when it first went, there's Mo Farah, I think there was, I can't remember, there's a few other ones and he's really amazing runners and they split off so and I was with a friend and someone from the charity we were running from and I just saw uh, my father and I thought right I'm off and I sprinted him and I literally ran with him for the first it must have it probably felt like probably 900 meters but it was it was probably like about 19 meters and I was nearly throwing up after about 20 meters I thought what am I doing and then I kept kept trying to go and go and then I did finish the half marathon and I got you know it was an all right time good time but it was one of the most horrific things in my life. I thought he kept that up for the whole thing. I couldn't have kept that up in a taxi. I don't know how he did it. It was just ridiculous. Oh yeah, he is he is incredible. Um yeah. 
Now, we heard from Prince Harry at the top of the show. He introduced you both today. And he's back, Asher. He's got a question for you. I really like travelling in the sky in the big fly-fly cars. Megan says they're called aeroplanes. As an athlete, you also travel all around the world. What are the favourite places you've competed in? Oh, OK, so we went to Australia for the Commonwealth, and I absolutely loved it. So I would say Australia is one of mine, and Bern actually in Switzerland was pretty cute. And I'm going to say Doha. They're your top three. Yeah. We've got time now for another track and we'll get more celebrity questions coming up throughout the show for you, Asher, because we like to keep you on your toes. That's how a sprinter likes to be. <laughs> um, but, but what's your next track? Uh, my next track is Doneo Party Hard. This one gets me more of a, OK, Asher, if you run well, you get to go out and enjoy yourself afterwards. <laughs> so, and it brings me back a little of old school stuff, so I like that. Doneo. Doneo, eh, Lord of mercy. Look, Doneo, Doneo, eh, party, zoom, 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 I'm Lindsay Hooper and you're listening to The Show Must Go On on Union Jack Radio, where I'm joined by comedian Patrick Monaghan and Team GB sprinter Asher Phillip. The Home Decathlon Challenge, where we pick comedians against athletes, is also coming up. And we can ask you to join in as well, plus another of Asher's motivational songs to come. Asher, let's talk about the Olympics themselves that have been postponed now to 2021. What stage were you up to with Olympic selection before all of this happened? Well, our relay had already qualified for the Olympics, so we was definitely going for that. But as to go as an individual athlete, we'd basically have to run a qualifying time and go to trials and come top two for automatic selection. But basically, I was on the right way. I, my coach said that I was probably in one of the best shapes he's ever seen me in, and that actually sounds really nice and promising because I've been with him for six years. So it was just a shame that I wasn't able to show my talents off this year. Such a frustrating time for you then. Uh, let's talk about this time of year. We're at the start of May. Uh, Patrick, what would you have been doing right now? About a week or two just before the lockdown, I, I'd started the UK tour. I was going all around the country on this sh- uh, the new show that I've done. And, um, yeah, literally, bang, we um, got the news of where the first few theatres, we were still going to go. Like, I was up for doing my show and stuff. But then, um, yeah, then they just started one by one. Um, saying that, oh, we'll have to wait. And then the government just said, yeah, we have to pull everything. So at the moment, I'm, my daytime is still exactly the same. I mean, I'm still at home. At home, you're writing all the time. You're doing bits and pieces. It's just the evening now that you're still here sort of thing. And you're thinking, oh, OK, well, I should have been tonight. I should have been in Manchester or, you know, Birmingham or somewhere like that. So it is it is a bit of a surreal time. But, um, yeah, but I think, do you know what? It's, it's one of the things where... I think that this it's given us an early insight to what retirement is going to look like or if or what prison is going to be like you know if we ever if I ever do become a bank robber I think yeah this is this is what my life is going to be like You do feel like you're stealing a living sometimes yeah. what were you meant to be doing Asha At this time now probably racing because we would have just gone back from America just before May 
and we'd have like two more races before our trials. So I should have been in like my peak right now, ready to roll. But instead, I'm on the sofa and everyone keeps baking cakes around me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this has had a theme of us chilling out and being quite lazy. And this brings us on beautifully. It's seamless, actually, Asha. Thank you very much. Because we're going to get your film or DVD recommendation during lockdown now. Um, What is it that you've got for us and why do you think it is the thing to watch at the moment? I'm in love with Money Heist. I haven't watched the last season yet just because... I want to watch it when there's no one troubling me. To be honest, I'll tell you one little story about it. They obviously, the whole show is in Spanish, but you're meant to watch it with subtitles. But when I clicked on it, I didn't know this. I just heard about it, so I just clicked on it. And it was dubbed. And I thought, oh, is the show meant to be like this? Like someone's speaking over, okay, now I realise it's not in English. And it took me to the second to last episode for someone to say, oh, Asha, you know you can change it, right? And just read the subtitles. I was like, what? So by then it was too late. And then... I just had to watch the show with the, the voices. I was too used to it and I couldn't change because I was that engrossed into the show. And when I tell you, it's just like a good thriller, your heart's racing. And I never like thrillers because I was, I'm was i much of a wuss when it comes to cinemas. and like I don't like the loud noises. I scream too much. I literally am just a big baby. But this I can watch and it's like a really good thriller and it just there's just so much going on and I just absolutely love it. And where can people watch that? You can watch that on Netflix. I don't pay for my Netflix. I'm that one that steals someone else's password. I'm a good one. <laughs> I don't know that we should be advocating that, but yeah. <laughs> I think we should. My dad signed up and I was like, oh, dad, you've got it, right? And then obviously when he signed up, it was a wrap. Patrick's going to give you something else to watch now, Asher. What's what's your recommendation? Well, hang on, Lindsay. I just need Asher's dad's password. What is it, Asher? Because I need to get on Netflix here. Come on, let's share, spread the love. Come on, what is it? I've got a pen. I'm ready to... Nobody else... Lindsay, close your ears. Asha, give me the password. I've got the pen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like that. It is brilliant, but one of the most horrific things of our life that with the Netflix, once you put it on, you can't sleep. It's like, isn't it? It's that sort of thing where you go, like, like I've not seen The Money Heist yet, but I'm guessing it, it's like a series, isn't it? I think I've seen the trailers where, yeah. and they do this, don't they, where they, they go, oh, um, at the end of that episode, we'll just watch this episode and then we'll go to bed and then it ends on a thing and they go, do you know what? And then the trailer, it doesn't even play the subtitles. It starts going 10, 9, 8. She goes, we'll just watch yeah. 10 minutes of the next one. Just 10 minutes. And next thing you know, next thing you know, it's 7 a.m. and we're still on the sofa <laughs> watching a, watching the next bloody episode. So it is, a, it is a bit of a killer. But I don't know if, if any of you two have seen this. Have you seen Narcos? No, no, I've not seen it. Yeah, you honestly, you have both got to see it. It is, and anyone who's listening, if you've not seen it, watch it because it is brilliant. It's so I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but a lot of people die, and it's basically <laughs> it's. I don't really like anything that's too graphic or anything that's too violent like that. But but it but because it's based on real life, it's about Pablo Escobar, and it's amazing. It cuts back to. Uh, real life footage but it the actors are amazing you know play like you would think the guy was the real guy such a good actor and it's so interesting like season one and two shows you about the whole the way they move the drugs around um colombia then season three shows you how they move the drugs through mexico and i'm filming season four now showing how they move the drugs through middlesbrough across the coast down to <laughs> down to <laughs> london i'm gonna do my own coming across so it's, uh, but it is so good it's like um and it's one of them things where you, you, it's a bit cheating because you don't feel like you're just watching a TV for the sake of it because you do learn about history as well. And you think, God, it's so good. Amazing. 
Oh, thank you for those. We have got another motivational track from Asha to come. First of all, though, a famous voice with a question. Me and my diving friends are always competing as to who's got the best bum, whose shorts are the smallest, and whose teeth are the shiniest. What are the things that you sprinters like to compete over away from the track? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Tom Daly? <laughs> um, I, don't, I, don't know, I met him several times. I don't know if he knows me personally. But yeah, <laughs> sprinting is a catwalk. So it's like, okay, who's going to look the nicest on the track? So it's like, even though it's on and off the track, it's still like, okay, what lipstick are you wearing? What this are you doing? Da, 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 da. Like, okay, are you going to have a hairband? Are you going to do this? So we just go with like different hairstyles. That's what you kind of go by. All different looks. Oh, speaking of competitions, we'll do the comedians versus athletes in our home decathlon challenge after we've heard another song from you. Asha, what's your third choice? It's going to be Craig David Rewind, just because I'm all about the old school. Like, this will probably play after Danao's party hard, just because, okay, Asha, we can have a little club party. If you run well, you get this, you do that. I always have to treat myself. So, this is the song to say. If you do well, you can treat yourself. is the show must go on on Union Jack Radio a mix of comedy and sport to help you get through lockdown Asha's third choice of song was Craig David a song that we're all familiar with I'm sure is that one that you know Patrick? Oh I remember it the first time round oh my goodness yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I I do agree with Asha I do think it's all about the old school and that's comedian Patrick Monaghan and we're joined as well by sprinter Asha Phillip uh, both of you I want to get on next to your greatest triumphs we'll start with the Team GB athlete. Oh, I hate being put on the spot first. What's my greatest triumph? Probably just my injury, just being able to get back from that. I think that was like the biggest moment in my life when I realised when I can get over that, I can do anything in the world. That's incredible. And you know your mental strength. I think you touched on that before. It was just so hard, honestly. I, I, I'm such a bubbly person. I'm always down for a bit of fun. And to just see myself sink away and just dissolve, yeah, it wasn't the nicest of things. So now I can look back at it and say, like, Asha, you're actually strong. So anything that gets at me, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this because I know I've come from. Patrick, is yours involving a certain ITV show, Your Greatest Triumph? I did quite a few shows on ITV. And the, that one, the um, Show Me The Funny, was really great fun. And... Also, uh, and uh, you talked about this earlier on with Asher doing trampolining. I did a, I did a show, and actually Tom Daly was on the show. There was uh, Splash. I'd never jumped off a diving board in my life, and by the end of that first show, we'd gone up to like ten meters, which is like the top board, and I had to jump and do like one and a half somersault off it. And and I think looking back, yeah, there's no way before that or even after that I would have ever dreamt of doing something like that. I mean, like I know Asher's good at trampolining, but. I remember I had to go and practice trampolining. It was the scariest thing in the world. They were like going, jump on this, jump on this. And you panic because 
you're going up in the air and then you're looking down thinking, oh my God, how high am I? And then you look at the ceiling and go, oh my God, I'm going to hit the ceiling. And you're just thinking, what is going on here? Why am I even doing this? You know, it's so silly. You're listening to The Show Must Go On. Uh, we know that you've been missing the live sport, so we've set a little game of our own. Let's find out from John McEnroe what this week's Home Decathlon <laughs> Challenge is. Thanks, Lindsay. So, here we are for this week's challenge with me, John McEnroe. I mean, come on. This week, it's the Bag in the Mug Challenge. Each participant must find a mug and put it on a table exactly one meter away from them. The goal is to throw as many tea bags into the mug over a 30-second period. Who's going to be looking like a proper mug at the end of this? Let's find out. It's tea time. Whoa! I mean, come on. So, Asha, how were you feeling about, about this challenge when you got it through? I thought, yeah, this is going to be fun. I thought my aim was going to be at least half decent. But then when the first one left my hand, I thought, whoa, this is different. Nope. Oh, I, wait, wait, wait. Don't, don't, don't do a spoiler. Don't do a spoiler. Uh, Pat, <laughs> from your videos, we've seen that you've been drinking a lot of tea. So I imagine that you've been in good practice. Yeah, but I've never done that before. And I was panicking when you put me up against Asha. I thought, hang on, this is not fair. You're putting a comedian against Olympian. <laughs> Asha, you were probably doing press-ups, chin-ups before it. She's running around, <laughs> running around the kitchen table. She's got a family there just giving a rub down. The Vaseline, come on, let's keep going. Prep talk. I was just like, you know, I just thought, you know what, I'll have a... I've been to Asda, I've been to the pound shop, I've got a load of tea bags, let's go. Let's go. Well, to recap last week, the overall leaderboard, so it's comedians against athletes over 10 different challenges. At the moment, it's 1-0 to the athletes. Luke Patience beat Justin Morehouse, the comedian, last week. Let's see how you got on. Asha first. Okay, here we go. It's quite a big mug that she's using on a small table. None of the tea bags have landed so far. It's not a great start, to be perfectly honest. She's adopting for the underhand technique, and she's flying way off. This is awful. She's just got one in, but she's got a long way to go. She wants a respectable score here. It's absolutely terrible. She entered the last five seconds here. All these underhand techniques, she's put one in there at the end, but that can't count. You guys, as you can see, I only got in one, so I'm just going to stick to check and build. <laughs> oh no, Asha, this doesn't bode well. Let's hear how Pat got on. Okay, here we go. He started out, not a lot of success. There's a lot of tea bags flying all over the place. He's dressed in all black, looking like a sort of sexually non-threatening Darth Vader or something like that's going on. But whoa, look at that. That's five tea bags in the cup there already. I mean, come on. This guy's flying right now. He's about to move on to his second pile of tea bags, but they're going in all the time. Mickey Mouse on the wall watching him there. Such great stuff. That's tea bag after tea bag. Whoa. That is 12, 12,000. Tea bags I got in there, thank you. Yes, Asha, I'm going to Tokyo 2021, throwing tea bags into a cup. No way, yeah. I need to see this. 12? 12, in a oh row. My God. I am going to interject though on your behalf, Asha, because Patrick, I sense a bit of cheating going on really? there. I'm going to call it out. I watch these back. Yeah. I've had the team that work on the show watch them back. Yeah. And we don't think you were a metre away. And Asha seems to be stood a lot further back than you were. <laughs> so let's just call it even. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, do you know what I did? And this is a tip for Asha. This is what I do. And Lindsay, you should do this. I salitate 12 tea bags together and just threw it in at <gasps> once. <laughs> he did no, it. He did it. We'll, we'll give the comedians a fighting chance. We'll make it 1 1 overall in Thank the series. You. Uh, you can have a go at home, film it, send it us on Twitter at Union Jack Radio, and we'd like to see yours as well. I wonder if anyone can beat 12 with a bit of an advantage. No one will. We'll I'm going to give, do you know what, Lindsay? I'm going to give Asha two of my tea bags. So you can have two, Asha. <laughs> Asha can have two. I'll just have 10. <laughs> I live there, Yorkshire. Yeah. Like, like. Oh, Yorkshire too. <laughs> God, there's a bit of money in that house. Look at that, Yorkshire. <laughs> I, was, I was getting as the zone. We've got another famous voice trying to get involved. Uh, Jimmy Carr's here. Have you ever dropped the baton during a relay? And if so, how did you manage to get over the fact that you let everyone down on a romantic failure? Ha, 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 um, have I ever dropped the baton? We'll touch wood now. I'm not even going to... Um, as a junior, we did. I did once when I think I was just coming back to sprinting. But as a senior, I've never done it, so I'm going to touch wood. I would literally tear every ligament in my body to make sure that baton gets around. Do you feel more pressure when you're doing the relay compared to your individual event? 100%. Because, like I said, if it happens to you and you drop the baton, then that's it. Like you're all gonna struggle. Like it's not you don't get a medal. And obviously, I'm always first leg, so I have to do the blocks as well. And if I full start, the whole team's out. So it's like I shot. This is time when I sit in the blocks the most, and I do not move. I'm like okay. I've also wondered whether you get equal time to spend on that event. So if you're at a major championships, how much of your time's allocated to practicing relay as much as practicing 100 meters? Uh, you'd get like one, maybe maybe two sessions. We always have a holding camp first, and that's about 10 days. So in those 10 days, we'll have one relay session together where we'll always we'd all work out and get the baton round, and that's when everyone will, will, the coaches will look at and say who should go where, and that will be the team. But we'll never know till the day before or the day of. Well, we're getting towards the end of the show. We've not got much time left. I, I suppose now, for both of you, what's next? What's next for you, Patrick? Oh, well, I'm literally... I was meant to be uh, finishing this tour off this summer and then I was uh, going to be doing the Edinburgh Festival, which also has been... Well, the Edinburgh Festival's cancelled now till next year. And my tour now has been pushed, I think, to, like, September, October, if we can get back out. So, literally, just uh, writing, creating more content doing some stuff at home, like like Asher and you, I'm doing all these TikTok videos, doing some um, sketches, and um, and I'm hopefully going to compete in Tokyo 2021 as well. So I'm going to put myself <laughs> in forward. In the teabag challenge. In the teabag challenge. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was listening there, Linz, when you asked it, Asher, were you saying about the baton? And I've watched so many of them videos, you know when they're passing and the baton keeps falling? And I always think, why are they made out of metal? That is one of the worst things to grab. Why don't they make it out of blue tack or just jelly or something? You know, like where, or like Velcro. So, you know, when you're running and you just give it that bang, it sticks on and then you can, it's something so much easier to hold. But then how is it going to peel off by the time you've got like yanking? No, 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 but smoke? then they could just run around with you. So it's like a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole new yeah. sport. Asha, in terms of your targets now, so you've got this delay, you were feeling good, you got to the semi-finals in Rio. What what's the target for next time? Uh definitely try and make a final. I'd love to make an Olympic final. So that is the ultimate goal for me. If I make the final, anything can happen. 
Well, thank you both for joining us on The Show Must Go On. It's been a pleasure having you on, hearing your tracks as well, Asher, as we've gone through. Uh, wishing you both the best after lockdown. And what is the final song that you'd like to share on the show? Spice Girls Wannabe. <laughs> I have a bit of like some girl stuff in there and I just like to smile and just... Do you know what it is? I'll just end up dancing and people are like, what is she listening to? I'm like, Spice Girls. Ziga ziga. I'll leave you both boogieing along. You can do a TikTok to that one. Uh, this has been The Show Must Go On. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with more sports and comedy stars in lockdown. But for now, goodbye. Here's the Spice Girls. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want to zig a zig. The Show Must Go On is created by Offside Productions Media, supported by the Audio Content Fund. 